You are listening to the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast, where we discuss how to find ultimate intimacy in your relationship. We believe that no matter how many years you've been married, you can achieve passion, romance, happiness, and ultimate intimacy at any stage of your life. Join us as we talk to not only marriage experts, but couples just like yourself and people who are just flat out fun. The Ultimate Intimacy Podcast is for couples who have a good relationship but want to make it even better. So hi and welcome to the Ultimate Intimacy Podcast. Nick and Amy here. You're always laughing when I do that. I know, you're just... It's kind of a... It's just funny, I just never know how you're going to open. That's, that is true. Sometimes I totally catch you off your guard and you're like shaking like, your head like, what? oh my heck, what is this guy? It's crazy. So, we, we are excited for today's episode. We feel like it's a topic that's so... It's kind of focused more on women and we feel like it's a topic that a lot of women struggle with and, and maybe... You know, maybe struggle isn't the word, but maybe different parts of their life have experienced it. And uh, we have the absolute pleasure of having Ketsia Gustav on with from EvolvingWife.com. And welcome to the podcast, Ketsia. Thank you for having me, Nick and Amy. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Well, we are excited to have you. And like I said, you wrote a fantastic article on how women can build sexual confidence. And again, I think that's a topic that a lot of women uh, struggle with. I know I know. Amy and I growing up, you know, sex was not talked about in church. It was not talked about much in the home. And you can really see how this could have an impact on, you know, that sexual confidence, you know, whether it's a man or a woman, but we're talking about a woman, women today, obviously. But, and I uh, think my situation was a little bit different than yours because although it wasn't talked a lot in my family's, in my parents' marriage, I could tell they were sexual by the way they touched each other and kissed each other, and I could tell that they had a healthy sexual relationship. So I saw growing up that it was an amazing thing if you had an amazing marriage. So yeah, we came from a little bit different background there, but well, what I heard, what I heard growing up is that sex is a bad thing. It's a bad thing, but then when you get married, it's okay. And I think a lot of people hear that, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, whether it's from family or or church or you know what have you and and so then all of a sudden you're married and you're like oh it's okay now and i think that can sometimes cause a lot of issues but before we dive in i want to start out reading the first part of your uh blog if that's okay your article because i thought this was pretty powerful it says your level of sexual confidence determines your capacity to experience intimacy both in and out of the bedroom so if you feel insecure about any aspect of your sexuality struggle to initiate sexuality, excuse me, or struggle to initiate sex with your husband or engage romantically with another person. So sexual confidence is actually crucial to a woman's well-being both in and out of the bedroom. And I, I thought that was a, a pretty powerful statement. Being a woman, I totally agree. So what is sexual confidence? Yeah, um, sexual confidence to me is agency over your sexuality, over your body, over your pleasure. Um, I think for a lot of women who grew up like I did, um, I grew up in a Christian home, but also, you know, ethnically, culturally, I grew up in a Caribbean home. So um, I kind of approached sex as something that happened to me, not necessarily something that I had a 
say in how it went. And so for me, when I think of sexual confidence, I think of taking ownership of your sexual health, of your sexual pleasure. I, I love that. I love how right. you said too, um, you know, before you just felt like it's something that just happened and you didn't really have any control over. I, I love how you said when you're, you know, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, but when you're confident, you're going to kind of take control of that and you're going to yes. determine, yes, this is something I'm going to enjoy and, and, um, you know, take control over my body and, and these things. It's a choice. Yeah. A choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Exactly. I, th I think too, so many times, you know, we hear this all the time, but so many times, um, like, like this article talks about is sex really is a choice or how we perceive things and having that sexual confidence can really make sex a wonderful and enjoyable thing versus where if you don't have that confidence, it becomes a, Oh, I have to do this or, or more mm -hmm. of a like miserable thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of times when we hear, uh, sex being talked about from the pulpit or even, you know, in pop culture, it's kind of like, Oh, you know, as a woman, even if you don't feel like it because you love your husband or because you love your partner, you just kind of make that sacrifice and try your best to get into the mood um, so that you can show your partner how much they mean to you. And while that may be true sometimes, um, I, think, I think choice is so important because if our entire sex life <laughs> as partners is me feeling obligated to make this sacrifice to please you, then it really loses um, I think it's value and it's intimacy because it's pretty much a chore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone wants to feel like sex is a chore for their partner. I think that would be devastating to know. I think that would be humiliating. So having choice and really um, a big part of it for me was educating myself on how to become sexually confident and how to take ownership of my pleasure and my body. So what, so you're sharing your experience obviously, cause you've, you've been through this. So what, like what changed or what happened to you when you went from maybe being insecure to having that confidence? How did you see mm -hmm. your, your, your sex life change with your husband? Um, I think it was around 2017 when I had our um, second child, our son was born, and um, I was just really grappling with what it means to be a wife and a mom and balance everything, you know, because I, I took some months off for maternity leave, but I was working as a teacher in the public schools at the time. And I was just kind of grappling with, man, I have all these things, all of these duties, all of these roles, all of these expectations I have to live up to. And I remember um, feeling like, man, you know, sex feels like another one of those things. And I remember stumbling across um, Sheila Gregoire's work. Um, and she said something to the effect of like, you know, sex is great for you too as a woman, it's just good for you personally. And I was like, what? Good for me? It's not just something I'm doing, you know, to, to fulfill my, my role as a wife. 
So in reading her work and then, you know, in subsequent years, reading um, Emily Nagowski's Come As You Are and other books and articles, I realized that, you know, I think God wants us to look forward to sex and intimacy of any kind with our partner. And I think what blocks a lot of us is just the ignorance of what it could be like and of what it could feel like if sex was just a joy for you and something you look forward to initiating. Um, so I forget the original question. No, you're, <laughs> but, you're answering yeah. Yeah, um, so you were asking what changed. So stumbling across her work, um, and then I started following her, um, it really just was mind-blowing for me. And so from then on, I resolved myself. I was like, you know what? I have to really um, be intentional about not just, you know, living on autopilot, but really becoming someone who takes ownership of my life. And I think, you know, sexual intimacy is kind of like a benchmark and not just for relationships, but for us as individuals to kind of, you know, uh, step back and reflect on, am I living my life intentionally or am I just kind of living on autopilot with all of these absorbed beliefs um, but not really stopping to think about what's important to me well you hit on something really really good which I liked and you said you know God wants us to enjoy sex and he created sex for us to bond to be closer together like sex is something that he wants us and and has designed for us to connect and so I totally agree with that. I, and again, I think, you know, getting back to the way we were raised, a lot of us were raised, oh, sex is bad, bad, bad. And then all of a sudden it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that right. that is a lot, it's hard for a lot of women to overcome is all of a sudden it's okay. And again, I want yes. to reiterate that sex is a good thing. It's, it's something that God created and something that he wants in, in marriages. So. And I like that you said, um, you know, like the timing was when you had just had a kid, you're trying to run a house, work. I mean, we try mm-hmm. to, as women, we we have to find that time where we want to be sexual and to prioritize that, which is really hard for a lot of women. But to know our mm-hmm. bodies and to be able to enjoy it and to be able to tell our husbands what we need so that we can enjoy it. Like just mm-hmm. those things are all so hard to figure out sometimes. And I know in our marriage it was... I mean, I think it was right after we got married. I'm like, okay, like if marriage is going to work and I'm going to feel like it's not a chore and that it's fair, then I have got to show him what I need or teach him what I need so that I can enjoy it as much as he is. Because if I'm not enjoying it as much as he is, I'm not ever going to want it. And this obviously is going to be a couple time a week thing for the rest of my life. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's important to take whatever step that is to figuring out your body yourself or together whatever that takes whatever it takes you know because it's so important to do (laughs) because all the women out there listening your husbands want to please you in the bedroom more so than they want to be taken care of and and i i honestly believe that like as a man there's nothing you want more than to make your wife happy and i think for most men they put that above even themselves or Absolutely. And, and if they're not, there should, because if they do that, then their wife is going to want it probably as much as they do, which yeah. is. Awesome. Absolutely. I think that's, that's a huge conversation right there that we could even have, you know, on a separate day. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of how we perceive 
attitudes towards sex. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, if, if I think that my husband is okay with me not enjoying it, I'm never going to speak up. Yeah. And if my husband doesn't realize that it could be any different than what we're doing now, if he doesn't know that, you know, the female anatomy, like there are certain things to focus on, um, you know, then he's never truly going to experience uh, sexual pleasure at its height because part of the beauty of it is that mutual pleasure. You know, you want to know that your partner is also pleased. Um, so I think having just those conversations with my husband, like whenever I would learn something, sharing it with him and even during the act, you know, even though it's kind of awkward, but just finding ways to communicate yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, you know, make sure that we're on the same page, which I know for a lot of people, it's kind of embarrassing and it's awkward um, and it's unpleasant, but like you said, Nick, you know, having those, if you could have that hard conversation, mm-hmm. you can yeah, talk about anything, anything right? Like, yeah. every, like, it's just going to enhance your relationship altogether. The more you, you, you are willing to have those conversations. So husbands, uh, go look on the app under the anatomy section. And if you study that section alone, you're going to learn a lot of things. <laughs> so it's. If you want your spa- if you want your wife to really enjoy sexual intimacy, you've got to know her body. You have got to take yeah. that time to get to know her body, get to know what she enjoys, what pleasures her, and take the time for foreplay and arousal mm-hmm. and yeah. those things. Like if you want to get good yeah. at something, you gotta like take the time <laughs> in anything. Sure. So, yeah. so and you- I think too. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go uh, ahead. Nick, I know I interrupted you, but I think, too, as a woman, you know, it's hot. It, we have to take ownership again, like, because um, our husbands, you know, growing up as a man in this culture, you know, you may think you already know what you need to know. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's so important for women to be intentional about having that conversation and even learning yourself. Cause mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. There's stuff I did not know about the female anatomy and the sexual response cycle until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. At, so in my thirties, I'm still learning about my body. Yeah. Right. Sure. So this, this is like a lifelong conversation because as a woman, and men too, like as you get older, your hormones behave differently. And so it's an ongoing conversation about what works and what doesn't. So as a man, it's like asking for directions. We're like, we know where we're going. We know what we're doing. And if I would have taken a test on that, I would have got an F. So oh, yes, we, we often as men feel like, oh, we, we're studs. We know what we're doing and nothing could be further from the truth. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so. And, and going back to your sexuality as a woman, if you're taught that sex is bad, bad, bad your whole life and now you're married, it's good. You don't know anything. You don't know your body. Mm-hmm. This is like a first time. And even if you've been married a few years mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm still not enjoying this at all. There mm-hmm. is that's why we built the app is to learn about bodies and techniques and to try new things and to kind of put yourself out there and see what you like in a comfortable and safe place. But also we've had the discussions like we were against, um, 
I'm, and we, and we have boundaries and we talk about these things like this is a no, this will never be, this will never be brought into our marriage. All these things mm-hmm. that we were kind of hesitant to bring in, like even like a toy or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from hearing from people that are experts and stuff, like you should probably try this. It'll help with this. Being open to some of those things has changed our marriage. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if everyone knows our stories, like at year 15, I brought in a bedroom game and it was because I wanted to try something new and it was appropriate. Mm-hmm. It was something that was totally appropriate, but it, it, it gave us those conversations. It changed everything and it's been so much better ever since. So just opening mm-hmm. to, to bringing in something, um, whether it's the game or a toy, like in, in our marriage, we believe that toys should be used between the two of us to only enhance our sexual relationship, not to be used apart. That's just how we feel. But mm-hmm. like though using, doing those things to help learn each other is, let's see, you learning my body or whatever, like yeah. are so yeah. beneficial to the whole rest of your marriage. So that's just my piece yeah. of advice. For sure. Just to be open to trying a couple new things so you can really learn and yeah. have those conversations. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate your app so much because it really makes the exploration part, like you said, feel safe because I think a lot of people are grappling with what's okay, what's mm-hmm. not okay, what do I feel comfortable with, what what do I not feel comfortable with, and so you just get ideas. You just yeah. you just mm-hmm. feel like safe to explore. And I remember one time I was I was looking through the app and I was like, oh, I. I want to try this. Like, this is something I'm excited to try. And so I think having that, this platform really helps it, you know, people that grew up like me and like Nick, where it's like, sex is bad, bad, bad. And then all of a sudden you're married and it's, you're supposed to want it all the all time. The time yeah. You're supposed to love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's not how brains work. Yeah, so exactly. It helps to kind of, you know, with that rewiring and the relearning mm-hmm. of, a different way to think about sex. So and and like you said, like when you can realize it's God given, we're supposed to enjoy each other fully. Like, what is it going to take in our marriage to be able able to enjoy each other fully? Like, to get to that point is a pretty pretty amazing point. But you have to have those really hard, open, vulnerable conversations to be able to get there. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, you're exactly. But once, like as a woman, once you're like, I am a sexual being and God wants me to be in. I can enjoy this as much as my husband can. Like, yes. that's a great place to be. And then it's a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly, it's a whole new world. Once I was able to feel confident in my sexuality, our marriage got so much better. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and it, cause it doesn't stop there. You look for ways to make your whole marriage better. You mm-hmm. start to have conversations about other possibilities and other areas of your relationship. And so I think that um, part of my journey was um, a couple years ago during the pandemic, I did this sexual confidence uh, talk for women. And I intended it to be just like one day, like one hour on this one day where I would just open up a forum on Zoom and let women share their experiences. And I was like, oh shoot, they we have a lot to say about this. So I ended up making it three days. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. And on That's the third amazing. day, like on the third day, like people were like, are we gonna keep doing this? Because this was really helpful. And just, you know, realizing how as women, there's just so much shame that we're carrying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that shame just 
puts you in a box, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember one uh, woman in particular, she was married and we were talking about when was your first sexual encounter? Was it something that you wanted to do? And almost everybody there was like, I, I had sex my first time because I had a boyfriend at the time and, you know, it was a cool thing to do and I wanted to make sure my, my boyfriend was still interested, so I did it. It wasn't something I really, truly wanted to do. And um, and then this other woman who was married, she was like, you know, I, me and my husband, we were having sex before marriage and we felt so guilty about it and the guilt did not stop after we got mm-hmm. married. So the way we think about sex, especially as people of faith, um, it just has so much more to do than just our bodies, but also our, our spirituality, our relationship yeah. with God, um, our values, like mm-hmm. taking ownership of your values, not just going with whatever was passed along to you, but taking time to have those reflective moments where you think about, okay, what was I taught versus what do I truly value? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm honest with myself, what do I truly value? What do I truly think? And so I think a lot of us would be spared that shame and that guilt if we were just having those conversations a lot sooner than, oh, shoot, we've been married for two three <laughs> years and I still don't enjoy, you know, sex. So, yeah. You, you you have three things that you feel are very important to become more sexually confident. And you talk about examining your beliefs, which mm-hmm. which I think is, is very important. Um, but what what do you think or how do you, you know what what does it mean to examine your beliefs for the for the for the person people listening out there? What would it mean to them to examine their beliefs? So it's funny because I had uh, one of my clients do this exercise. Examining your beliefs means um, what I always recommend, writing down what exactly you're, you're feeling in your body and what you think in your mind when you think of a particular word. So sex, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? What's the first feeling you feel? If it's a sense of fear or guilt or shame, you know, then it's worth pausing to reflect like, where is this feeling or this thought coming from? Is it something that somebody said to me? Is it something that I experienced? Was it um, a negative traumatic experience that I've never, you know, um, addressed or faced? Um, so examining your beliefs means stepping back to figure out like what is the source of the thoughts and feelings you have about sex and intimacy and marriage and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it because the next one you say gather evidence. And I think if you gather evidence, like if you're at a crime scene and you're gathering evidence, you're trying to figure out, you know, what's causing that or what what happened. And mm-hmm. so, you know, gathering evidence is like, you know why why do i feel this way and mm-hmm. you know just like you're talking about what makes me feel this way and um i i think these things just kind of hit right on and i think i like that you bring that into gathering evidence that god is loving and wants you to enjoy sexual intimacy with your spouse like mm-hmm. expand on that a little bit mm-hmm. 
So going back to the way we grew up, right? Um, a lot of us accepted things as fact without really uh, questioning them. And so when you're gathering evidence, you know, like when you're in school and there's a question on the test and they say, explain your answer or, you know, bring in evidence from the text that, you know, supports your answer. Um, that just means whatever that belief is, what proof is there that supports that feeling or that thought yeah. or that belief? A lot of us were taught that, you know, um, you know, sex before marriage is a bad thing. Okay, so can we have a reflective conversation where, you know, if, if the Bible is your compass, look through the Bible. Where in the Bible does it say that this is this is the fact? Where in the Bible does it um, celebrate marriage and sexual intimacy? Um, when you look at the lives of the people that you know, what evidence is there that what they were telling you is true or that it would work for you um so that's that's how i think of it and so when you gather the evidence i think there's a lot more evidence to say like sex is a good thing and um god wants us to experience intimacy and he wants our wholeness and he wants us to um be healed from whatever is broken inside of us you know i think there's a lot of evidence all around us for that mm -hmm. and so um i think a, a big thing is looking at sex from a lens of god wants the best for me mm -hmm. and he wants to be whole and he wants me to, to be well versus if i make this mistake god is going to punish me with you know, a bad marriage or a bad sex life. Like those are two different lenses. Yeah. They both involve God, but they're two very different lenses. And depending on what lens you're using, I think that um, ultimately is like the biggest deciding factor in how, um, how happy you are, I would mm -hmm. say, how fulfilled of a marriage you have, how fulfilled of a sexual life you guys have. Um, depending on the lens that you view God with. Well, and lenses are, your lens vision is important in all aspects of your life. It's how yeah. you look at yourself. It's how you look at your body. It's how you look at the positive things your spouse does. It's looking at the positives in your life, which all of that affects your bedroom. Like absolutely all of it. Well, and if, you're, if your lens is not correct, everything's going to be, you know, so to speak, blurry. You're not going to have a clear vision mm -hmm. of things, which is going to cause more problems. So it's like you said, it's so important that you're looking at it through the right lens or the right perception. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. And when you and, say, and gap, oh, go ahead. <laughs> that's why um, a big belief of mine is that you can't, it's almost like a can of worms or a Pandora's box. Like once we start looking at beliefs uh, surrounding sex, then you can't help but, you know, start to explore your beliefs about everything, about yeah. life in general. Um, and for a person of faith, like for me, it's allowed me to ask God those hard questions and to have a more honest relationship with God um, and myself and to just be, you know, really um, authentic with my emotions and 
let myself feel what I'm feeling and think what I'm thinking without judging myself. Um, and it has also allowed me to extend grace to my husband and mm-hmm. to be willing to listen to his perspective and to be um, listening to what he needs also, because we're just so complex. There's so much that goes into how we think and feel, you know, it's not just one thing. And so, yeah, having that, that conversation just will broaden everything, you know, for sure. And hold on, let me just add something else before we move on. Um, in the Bible, in the songs of Solomon, it talks all about sex and how beautiful it can be for women and enjoyable. And also, I always say this, but God designed women's bodies with a clitoris, which is designed for pleasure only. So to me, when I realized that, that was like a wake up moment of God designed this beautiful part on my body to help me enjoy it as much as my husband. Like, if that doesn't tell you that God wants you to enjoy your sexual being, you know what I mean? In the intimacy yeah. in our marriage, like, I don't know what will. Like, yeah. that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He, he <laughs> created some, uh, part of the body just for pleasure. So that, For women. That like, should, what, a, what a gift to us. That should let women, women know that he wants women to, to enjoy, enjoy it. it. Um, the, third, the third thing is you talk about a personal, personal sexual ethics statement. And I, I love mm. that because as a business... Every business kind of has a mission statement, and that mission statement exactly. is something that the whole the whole business it does. Every decision they make, everything they do, is based upon that mission statement or that ethics statement. I guess you could say, or at least they should be right. So I love how you talk about a personal sexual ethics statement because if you're able to write something down and put together that sexual ethics statement, then everything you do should should be focused on that sexual mm-hmm. ethics statement and mm-hmm. kind of drive your decisions and, and how you feel and things like that. So I liked how you uh, kind of correlated that as well. Yeah, I think we like going back to what we were saying earlier, examining your beliefs part, you know, once you're done examining your beliefs and you come away with, okay, what do I truly value? What's important to me? What do I believe will be for my best and highest good when it comes to relationships and intimacy and sex, then you have to kind of create a compass that's going to guide you like those values. um, That's basically what's, you know, driving your personal sexual ethic statement is this is what I stand for. This is what I want for myself. And this is the compass that's going to drive my decisions because like we were saying, there's a lot of people that want something, but they're just kind of like going through life on autopilot. And I've met a lot of people that want intimacy, that want, you know, a healthy relationship, but all of their decisions are opposite to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're not really, they're living life on autopilot and not really stepping back to think about what they truly value and what they need. So um, when I wrote about the personal sexual ethics statement, I realized, oh, I've had one of these without even realizing that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in high school when I decided, I was like, you know what, God, I want the real deal. I don't want to be having, you know, any um, unhealthy relationships. I don't even want to be in a relationship until I know I am ready for one. And I am going to wait until I meet that person that I tr- fully trust 
to, you know, and, and when we get married to have sex, that was my compass. And I think it saved me a lot of heartache. And of course, you know, sometimes I took it like to the extreme to where I avoided men altogether sometimes. <laughs> but I think it was a really good thing that I was having that conversation with myself and with God from that early age. Because when I look back now, you know, a lot of people, when they look back at their high school and college years, they're like, oh man, I wasted so much time. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have waited. I wish I hadn't wasted my time in this relationship that was going nowhere. And so, you know, the sooner we can have those conversations uh, with our teenagers or with our young adults about what is your compass? What is going to be the thing that you look back at to help you make your decisions? I think we would all be um, a lot healthier emotionally and more fulfilled. Yeah, beautiful. I, agree. I, lo- I love in the article too, you talk about, um, you know, how you can build more sexual confidence in the bedroom and you talk mm-hmm. about learning more about your body. And at first I thought, you know, how, how does this correlate? But I think a lot of women and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, you're the women, but I think a lot of women out there don't maybe feel sexually confident in the bedroom because they don't know their body. And maybe a lot of them, because they don't know their body, they feel like they're broken and then they're not enjoying Mm -hmm. sex. And then they're feeling like, what's wrong with me? And so I think, I think, you know, again, like we've kind of talked about, I think it's so important for, for women to get to know their body and then also teach their husband about their Mm -hmm. body. Um, And, and if you don't want to get to know your body by yourself, and this is for a lot of couples and we have the same problem in our marriage. It's hard to take that very first step of saying, Hey, I need, I want to learn my body so that you know, my body, where do we start? Where do we begin? And, and just, I mean, that's a pretty hard place to start if you haven't done mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. the minute you do that and you could come together and be vulnerable and be like, let's explore, let's try some things, you know? Yeah. Great start, but yeah. not a start there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you also talk about, you know, you say, remember that your husband loves you. And I think that's so important mm-hmm. too. So many women that aren't sexually confident that maybe have those insecurities, you know, or having yeah. thoughts like, why, you know, why would my husband love me? Or, you know, mm-hmm. how, how could he love me? Or this and that. I, I want to speak in behalf of the husbands out there. You're, for the most part, and I can't speak for every single relationship, but I think for the most part, your husbands love you. Like they want to be intimate with you. They're attracted to you. Uh, regardless of what the world tells you or what you think, your husbands love you and want to be with you. They love your body. They love who you are. That's who they fell in love with. And mm-hmm. there's nothing to be, I guess, um, what's, what's the word I'm trying to use? Um, ashamed. Ashamed yeah, about. Ashamed of. And yeah. I think if women can realize that and just, realize that their husbands truly love them for who they are mm-hmm. and they sincerely think they're the most beautiful woman in the world um you know that can help. I think that's key right there though is your husbands could tell you the most beautiful woman in the world but do you believe that correct exactly that's the issue and, that women have <laughs> and that's the thing um i realize personally like you know yes my husband is telling me he finds me attractive he loves my body but I don't feel 
comfortable or confident in my body because I'm not doing things to make myself feel confident. Mm -hmm. You know, like I going back to living life on autopilot, especially after you become a mom, it's like your whole brain is just centered around, you know, the kids. And so like, I realized, Hey, I need to be more intentional about getting dressed up, putting on something that makes me feel confident and makes me feel beautiful and attractive. Um, because yes, my husband might tell me, oh, you know, you might be wearing like a, the baggiest thing. I still think you're beautiful, but I want to feel beautiful. I want to feel confident in myself. And so as a woman, it again, it goes back to taking yourself off of autopilot, being intentional about doing things that make you feel alive and that make you healthy. So I had to like step back and say, okay, you know what? I need to take more time to go for walks. I need to take more time to sit down and carve out space in the budget for, you know, lingerie or, you know, nicer things for me to wear, getting my hair done more often, getting my nails done more often. And when you have that swag and you're walking around with it, it's like, then my husband is like, Dang. Yes, today. Oh. It's like, yes, I do. You want to go to the room? You know, that's uh-huh. when it's like, it's easy. It's more of a flow. It's more again. Um, and so I really just always tell women like about being intentional and being mindful about your sexual life. And um, when those intrusive thoughts come, you know, kind of look at like where they're coming from. And figure out like, what adjustments do I need to make to feel Mm -hmm. more confident in my body or to feel, you know, to take away that shame, that sense of shame. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of us, unfortunately, I think the stat is like one in every four or one in every three women has experienced sexual assault of some kind throughout their lifetime. So that's a lot. That's crazy. You know? And that that's a lot, yeah. you know, so we have to really do that hard work, do that digging and um, think about where these beliefs and where the insecurity is coming from, for sure. And really the basis to so much of what we're talking about is just self-love and self-care, because if you don't love yourself, care about yourself, feel a certain way, you're not going to believe anything your spouse ever says to you. Like... Exactly. And it's like they can't believe it for you. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to take ownership. Like if you realize, okay, I'm insecure, I don't enjoy sex, I, you know, I see it as a chore. Okay, well, what what are you gonna do about it? Because you don't want to live the rest of your life like mm-hmm. that, do you? Um, so again, taking ownership. One of the first things I did, I got uh well, I downloaded your app. That was one. Another thing I did was I read this book called Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. And it's like, it's like the sex ed we never Mm -hmm. got. Yeah. (laughs) Because, you know, like in high school, the sex ed is all about STDs and um, like reproductive stuff. But you're never taught anything about pleasure. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. 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 But when you become an adult, where do you go? You know, if you don't want to you know, go down the the path of like porn and stuff, which is Mm -hmm. very like exaggerated and fake anyway, you know, where do you go to learn? So this book was an amazing resource. And then I realized too, stress, your, the the stress I was under was also greatly affecting my, uh, 
my sexual desires. So sure. I realized, oh shoot, I need a way to manage stress. So I started therapy. I started going for walks. Um, and it just, it just made me so much happier to be, to be me. Yeah. And, which, and that just trickled down into mm-hmm. my marriage. Exactly. Which then wants to make, helps you be more connected with your husband. Well, there's a lot exactly. of, there's a lot of things we didn't cover in this article. And so we, mm-hmm. we recommend that all of you out there listening, um, go check the, check out this article, but where, where can our audience find you, Ketsia? Well, these days I am mostly on Instagram. You can find me at Evolving Wife. That's my handle on Instagram. I love making reels. So when you go on my page, you'll mostly find reels. <laughs> I wish I um, <laughs> And um, so that's where you can find information about uh, my services. Right now, I do coaching for couples and for individuals. And so you can find all of that information on my Instagram page. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today. And again, we thank you. We recommend that you go uh, check Ketsia and her, her website out. Um, there's a lot of information to to learn, and uh, like I said, we only scratched the surface yeah, of this wonderful <laughs> wonderful article. So there's a lot more Absolutely. to check out. So, well, thank you for having me on. This is a great conversation. Thanks. Thank you so much for being on with us today. We sure appreciate it.